Okay, yeah, episode two. You know what they do. Me and my crew, we in the zoo. Blue, 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 blue. Hey, <laughs> hey. Welcome to the greatest podcast you've never heard. Melanin dripping off each and every word. The abstract, the obscure, and the absurd. This is colorful language, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. It's me, I'm doing it solo. Me, myself, and I. You know how I get down, y'all. I know you love the buttery, velvety voice, so I'm giving it to you. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about money today, y'all. We're talking about money today, y'all. I also let the beat ride for you, you know, just so you can catch these vibes. You know what I'm saying? Your boy, all up in this thing, thing, thing. Anyway, welcome to episode two, y'all. It's going to be a real treat for you. It might be a tough conversation for you to listen to, because if I'm talking to you and it's striking some chords, you might turn it off, but that's okay. Listen, I want to give a little disclaimer, okay? I didn't write any any of what I'm about to say right here, but listen, don't take offense to anything that's being said here. I'm not a financial guru. I don't know everything there is about money. I am a certified public accountant, but I still have things to learn. I'm not here to judge you. I don't want to be judged personally. These are just steps in inspiration and motivation to get you going and to get your financial situation a little bit more in check. So without further ado, let's get on in that thing. You know what I mean? You feel me though? Anyway, how many of y'all out there got debt? And I'm talking about debt. Now, I ain't talking about like you owe your mama $50. No, I'm talking about how many of you have debt, like big money? And I think a more important question is how many of you actually care about it? How many of you actually give a damn about you owing money to, to somebody? How many of you actually want to find a place in life where you can give how many of you want to find a place in life where you can have peace when it comes to your finances does that sound like you because it sounded like me <laughs> and i i followed dave ramsey a little bit and i want to talk a little bit more about the principles and everything that he has but let me give you some backstory dave ramsey is all about finding financial independence and retiring early all that fun stuff being able to give and live like no one else that's his his little mantra he's got a whole bunch of sayings but that's what it's about so how did i find out about dave ramsey dave first of all let me tell you who dave ramsey is dave ramsey is this old white protestant dude that is from tennessee and he talks about money he has a radio show which is which is now turned into the number one podcast in the country uh the dave ramsey show and with with his principles he built basically a a, a, a an empire based on seven principles and we're going to get into that in just a second but why should i even why should anybody even listen to the guy before i tell you about me following the guy why should we even listen to him i think here's what it is this guy was flat broke he went from he actually skyrocketed to like a couple million dollars when he was 25 in real estate and then he lost it all by just being stupid like the rest of us buying things we can't afford like big old trucks and going on these nice fancy trips and all that type of stuff lost everything and had to build his empire back up using these principles that he teaches um i think it that's very relatable for me and for a lot of you out there who do at least know what his uh, ideas are about and on top of that the program works it's proven there's millions of people across the country who have applied these principles over the past uh 30 or 40 years since he's been in radio and well i don't know if it's that long i think it's about 25 25 25 years and people have been applying these principles and it works it's proven people come on the show and do these what they call debt free screams so when they have no more debt they come on the show we're debt free and they do all that so that's awesome but also another note all of his principles that he teaches and preaches 
are based on spiritual principles, on biblical principles. And that's pretty cool for some of you out there. It wasn't a big catch for me because I, I w I'll say I'm spiritual but not religious, but I don't get all into that. But it's nice to know that it's based on Christian values, which I do believe in. Um, he uses a lot of uh, quotes and things from the Bible. Um, one key one that you all, that most of you should know is the borrower is slave to the lender. The debtor is the master and the daddy is the slave. That last part I made up, but I was just trying to relay a point. But um, those are some ideas on why one should follow Dave Ramsey, especially one of color. Uh, because a lot of people are like, why am I listening to this old white man tell me about stuff? The stuff works. It don't matter what his race is, where his background, nothing. Okay? So, why did I do it? Why why did I want to go on this journey and try to figure out my debt and try to clear my debt and all that stuff? What was the reason? What was the reason, bitch? Um, basically, it, it honestly, it was kind of selfish. I mean, me and uh, my ex-wife, we sat down and we talked about our finances and our budget. And we opened up the playbook. We looked at all the numbers and we sat there and we was like, ooh, this is, it's a lot going on. And really it was like, why did we want to tackle this? Cause I mean, the debt is going to be there. Debt is debt. But why do we want to tackle this? I looked at it from a selfish kind of way personally. And I mean selfish as is, I don't want to give people money. I wasn't building money for no kids cause I don't have any kids. It was about being able to have some fun on cash because we had cash. It was about having fun with my cash flow. I wanted to do like all the little cool shit that my friends was doing. My friends riding camels in Dubai and, and you know, girls on Instagram, like take me back with the arch back and all that good stuff. We wanted to be out there living like we supposed to be living because quite honestly, the income was looking good. Income looks great. But when you peel off the mask and you see all those expenses going out, you're like, wow, we are just pissing this money away. And that's, that's the way I kind of approached it. But Here's the thing, I didn't really realize that my friends were just in the same position as I was. You know, social media will trick you. You know what I'm saying? Social media will make you think that everything is good, that they're you're getting the highlight reel of somebody's life and they're taking all these trips and doing all this stuff, but you don't see milestones for struggles. You don't see Facebook status updates for somebody grinding it out or, you know, struggling to pay this bill or choosing which bill to pay. You just don't know. And the thing that I wanted to talk about next is talking about debunking these myths about money and some things that black people say, uh, and, and this ties into it, the, the friends watching your friends ball, you don't even know what situation they have, you know? So let's ask a question. What are some things that black people, particularly in our age range, let's say from 25 to, to 40, I'll, I'll open it up to 40. What are some things that black people say about money specifically or do with money i think a, a big concept is keeping up with the joneses but the thing about the joneses and dave ramsey will say this on the show the joneses are fucking broke well he, he he doesn't say fucking but i i say it because this is my motherfucking show the joneses are fucking broke they ain't got no money okay materialism and i've learned this over my life materialism comes from poverty let me say that one more time. Materialism comes from poverty. When you grow up not having shit, you think the world owes you shit when you get older. Especially you get you a nice little job or whatever. You know, you got your little bachelor's degree. You're making like, like 60K. You think you balling. And, and you're like, you know what? I earn these J's. I earn this 10-day cruise. I earn this brand new car. Not used because I don't do that, that, that broke shit. I want the new shit. You feel like you've earned that because you have struggled growing up as a child. And that's all well and good. That's a great mentality to have, but you got to think about your future and you got to think about where you're going to be. Which brings me to my next myth, which is living in the moment. We, we like to do things now. We are a microwave society and black folks, we are the most microwave of them all. We want to do the cool shit now. And we just going to complain all the time until the cool shit happens. We, we have a hard time with putting the tires on the road and really starting to grind. Or maybe we do and we just, and I'm just not seeing it, but that's what I'm visualizing. We like to say that a car note is normal. Um, we like to say, I'm gonna pay my student loan off until I die. Like I'm gonna just keep paying it because I ain't never gonna pay this thing. I ain't never gonna pay this thing. 
you know and let's go ahead and add in another thing with society society makes us believe that we need to be married we got to have a kid or kids buy a house we got to do all this stuff in our 20s because this is the 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 prime of our life these are things that we have to do we have to take these big trips we got to go out of the country we got to see and experience and definitely for us black folks we have a lot of societal norms that are promoted on us that are quite honestly very negative uh, because we come from religious backgrounds they want us to live by the Bible. You meet a woman, you marry the woman. Um, you know, you don't live with the woman. You are supposed to buy a house with the woman after you get married and have, you're supposed to have a kid. That's the way it's supposed to be. And a lot of these come from like old dodges that just don't exist anymore. In addition, our parents, they want us to be better, but they don't know what it, what it means. They don't know what it takes to be better financially in a sense. I'll give you an example. My grandma, she just told me to go to college and you need to go to college and college is what you need to do. And that that's that's pretty much it. Oh, and the only financial advice I ever got from her was to not get a credit card, which sorry, grandma, but I, I got like three. So <laughs> I failed that. But the point is, grandma didn't know exactly what it takes, what to do, what percentage of this and how to budget that in order for me to be prepared for my mid-20s, my 30s, my 40s. She, she, and no knock on her, but they just didn't have the knowledge. Um, and most of the time, they never even talked about money ever. It's just an old, a different generation now, and we're starting to wake up, but we gotta wake up the right way, y'all. We gotta chase after a little bit of financial independence. And what does that mean? Financial independence means you, I don't have to define that for you. You can kind of use context clues. Financial independence means that you have the freedom to do with your money as you wish. Now, will there always be debt? Uh, uh, taxes? Absolutely. You betcha. But outside of taxes and your expenses that, to keep the lights on, to make sure you buy food, that money is supposed to be yours to do with what you want. And when you spend all this money on expenses and all that stuff like that, well, debt, owing someone, you're not independent. You are a slave. You're a slave. You are a slave to the debtor, to the one that you owe money to. And it's a hard thing to realize. It's a tough pill to swallow. And most of us are just like, well, I can afford it. That's another myth. You can afford it. You don't know what that means. Just because when you finish out your bills at the end of the month if you buy this new car that you still got a hundred or two hundred dollars left over that doesn't mean that you can afford it but anyway i listen i can rant about this stuff i just like to sit and think and talk about this because it's scary to see our generation just piss away money and not build for our future for our children for our children's children for our families for our wives and husbands you know, it's a little bit bigger than that. And most importantly, for yourself. If nothing else, you got to realize that, yes, YOLO, living in the moment, I might die tomorrow. That's well and good. But statistically, you're going to make it until like 65, 75, 85. You're going to get old. And for some of my listeners, y'all already getting there. So, you know, got the beer gut already. You, your hairline is starting to recede. You know, things, <laughs> things are becoming missing. So you got to prepare, dog. And that's really what I wanted to talk about there. Um, Dave Ramsey's plan is also about paying off your stupid tax. My stupid tax comes from my 20s. You know, my 20s, I made a lot of stupid choices with money and purchased a lot of things I should not, should not have, done a lot of things I should not have. Um, it also helps people who are dealing with what's called survival debt. And survival debt is talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, Survival debt is talking about when you're on your last couple of dollars and you got to keep the lights on. You got to put food in the baby's mouth. You you have no you have too much month at the end of the money. You have nothing left. That is what survival debt is because you'll go get a payday loan. You'll get a title loan. You'll get an advance. You'll take out extra credit cards. I, I told my story before about when I was quitting my previous employer. I took out a credit card and I was just going to live off that credit card. When I look at look back at the old me, do you realize, I wish I could go talk back to 30-year-old me, 29-year-old me, which was just a couple years ago, but do you realize how stupid that is? 
do you realize that the interest that you build on that puts you in a deeper hole than you were before? It's tough to realize that when you're going through those motions, but we got to have it now. I had to quit right then, you know, even though I did not have enough emergency funds saved up to cover my expenses. Uh, So survival debt. I know I went off on a tangent because that's not really survival debt. Survival debt is like, you know, you have a freak accident, like medical bills pile up and you're just stuck. Right. Um, That's what it's about. It's also about handling Murphy. Big old Murphy. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong and Murphy will set right up in your house crack open a beer and stay there for a while he will set up shop he will sleep there he will ask you what's for dinner he will ride with you to work he will come with you on the way home you can't run away from Murphy and when it happens you got to be prepared it's all about preparation y'all preparation is key you can lose your nice little fancy job tomorrow do you have enough money to cover emergencies uh I'm going to get into the baby steps in just a second, but I wanted to cover a couple other things um, as far as myths. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Because a lot of people say, well, if I just run out, like if my debt, like if I get too overbear, like if it overbears me too much, I can go bankrupt and they will expunge all my debt. Woo! But it ruins your credit score for years, almost a decade. And on top of that, like you, it, it you still have certain debts that you still are going to owe. For example, you can't out uh, bankrupt student loan debt. Oh no, you gonna pay that motherfucker? You gonna pay that shit? You gonna pay that motherfucking shit? One way or another. So anyway, debt consolidation. That's another one that some people have mixed feelings about putting your debts together and getting a, a lower interest rate, which is all well and good. I, my, my thought on it, and Dave wouldn't agree with me, but I'm all about some debt consolidation. Put your shit together, get under one low interest rate, and hit it hard. But the key is, once you do that, you got to make a commitment to pay that off before the low interest rate, APR, whatever, before that promo period ends. Um, last year, I paid off seven grand of credit card debt. And to do that, I consolidated all my credit card debt into uh, one card that was 18 months, no interest. Yeah, I know everybody doesn't qualify for that. I'm just using that as a point. And I was like, I have to pay this shit before 18 months. So it really held me accountable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, No interest financing. That's another one that a lot of people have mixed feelings on. I it depends on what the item is for example if it's a TV like you want a new TV don't no interest finance a damn TV just save up for a couple months and then get the TV like don't be don't be stupid out here because you don't you have the possibility of only making minimum payments or missing a payment or whatever you're just adding more on your plate protect yourself and another thing that I wanted to bring up is temporary pain for permanent gain Dave Ramsey's plan is all about hurting yourself just a little bit, just going through a little bit of struggle, just so on the other end, you come out on top. You come out way cleaner than you were before you even got into it. And you'll be looking back at the situation like, wow, I should have did this a long time ago. I'm saying that right now to this day. I'm working on my student loan and I'm like, man, this joker could have been gone. But, you know, I'm out here acting a damn fool. So anyway, that's my little intro it's not much of an intro because we got to like 20 minutes but i just want to introduce to you the concept of financial independence for those of you who don't know about it financial independence is very uh very is a very big goal of mine and i feel like everybody should aspire to it but it's not easy for everybody and i understand that so dave ramsey dave ramsey and his five uh, seven baby steps they're awesome they're great proven what are the baby steps? Why, first of all, you got to find your why. Before you even start the baby steps, you got to understand why, right? Maybe you've got a mountain of student loan debt. Maybe your credit card is out of control. Um, maybe you haven't put, maybe you're having a hard time collecting money for your child's college funds. Maybe you have another child on the way and you're trying to prepare for those extra expenses. No matter what the situation is, this 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 guide can kind of help you. At least give you 
a skeleton. How you choose to put the clothes on the skeleton is up to you, but the skeleton will be there. And I think that's what it's all about. So find your why. That's baby step zero. Actually, that's baby step negative one. Because baby step zero, to me, and this isn't part of the plan, but know your inflows and outflows as far as money and create a budget. Budget. And to do that, what you do is you got to take your take-home pay and then you list out each and every expense that you have. Now, I know it's hard to identify what is an expense versus what is miscellaneous money versus things that I, I need versus things that I want. You have to have a really, really hard conversation with yourself as far as what are needs versus wants. That $5 Starbucks that you pay for every morning, do you need that? Or can you drink the coffee at home? And can you make coffee at home and bring it to work? Do you need to go out to lunch every day or can you bring your lunch? Do you gotta go hang out with your friends at the bar all the time or can y'all invite, can you invite your friends over and y'all have a few drinks at home? You gotta be a little creative and you have to really ask yourself some hard questions because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you dog, if you ain't never did this before and you pull up your credit card statement, right? Or your debit card statement, whatever. You pull up your statement and you see Wendy's, Taco Bell, Zaxby's, Target, $80, uh, Groupon, $20, uh, Starbucks, $8, Starbucks, $8, Starbucks, $8, Zaxby's, it really pisses you off. It really makes you mad. It makes you mad at yourself. You're like, what the fuck? What am I doing? This is ridiculous. This, this stuff is harming me. It's harming my pocket, and I'm in the red. It'll really open your eyes when you do that. So create a budget. Figure out what you can't live without specifically <clears throat> and put a limit on it if, if you can. For example, like prescriptions, like if you need prescription pills and you pay, you know, whatever, like a hundred bucks or whatever a month for your, your pills, of course, put that into your budget. That's a necessary expense for parents. I understand parents out there, you know, you don't know how much it might cost for your kid to do X, Y, and Z because kids sometimes can be a variable expense. You might need to do this, you might need to do that, but you got to prepare as best as you can. So just try, sum it all up, sum up all of your expenses on, if you use an Excel sheet, I use an Excel sheet. Sum it all up, subtract it from what your take-home pay is. I do mine bi-weekly. Subtract it, and that's your surplus. That is what you have left over, and that is what you use to make any extra payments, if you can afford that. Some of you might be you might be in the red. You might be owing money or paying out more money each and every month, and you're putting money on credit card to cover the difference. And I understand that, but you still need to create a budget. So that's step zero. Get on Excel. Uh, uh, there's like a template for a budget template. That's what I did. Or you can use different apps like there's Mint. There's Every Dollar. Um, there's several different apps that you can use to make a, create a budget. So do that. Now, baby step one, that is to save $1,000 as fast as you humanly can. And that is for Murphy. Murphy, you know, the big bad. He's kind of like hell. He just pops up whenever he wants to pop up in your house unannounced. He'll just be sitting there drinking orange soda. You know, that's Murphy. And he's there. So that $1,000 will put a little bit of space. A little bit of space between you and Murphy. Murphy will be sitting in the kitchen. You'll be in the bedroom. At least y'all not sleeping together. You know what I'm saying? So $1,000. Now, some would argue that $1,000 is not enough. And I, I, would, I would tend to agree. But... When it comes to this, the way I look at it, I just stick to the plan. If the man says $1,000, that'll work. But it just depends. Tweak it to your taste. If you think that you you have more emergency expenses that pop up out the blue, feel free to make it two. Make it three. Or, you know, make it less. If you if you want to if you want to run the risk and, and, and play risky, you can do that. But $1,000 is the recommended amount. So establish what you need for spending that thousand dollars for very important i look at things like car repairs medical bills um speeding tickets because you know your boy got pulled over twice last last year actually T like twice in less than like four weeks so your boy can't drive but that's fine so <laughs> keep that money in a sep separate account like a separate savings account where it's still liquid you can still get to it but it's not mixed in with your normal day-to-day -day money and this by the way, listeners, for those of you listening, this stuff might seem obvious, but you'd be surprised who don't know some of this basic stuff, okay? And that's what the, 
the step's all about. So step one, save a grand as quick as you can. Step two, step two, you're gonna pay off your debt as fast as you humanly can. Now, the thing about this step, I think this step is the toughest. This is easily the hardest step out of all of the steps because it requires a mental change. It require, requires a paradigm shift. It requires an epiphany. You have to wake up and realize, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get this stuff out of my life. You gotta be mad at the debt. You gotta get pissed off. Like, I don't want this damn debt. Get this shit out of my face. I'm tired of paying. I'm tired of paying all this extra money to people who ain't gonna give me a, a freaking cookie at all for doing any of this. I need to get this out of my life so I can do with this money what I want. Get mad at the shit. Get it gone. And now, once you get that, that fire built up in you, and I don't know what it's going to take for you to realize that you need help. It's the same thing like uh, alcoholics realizing they need to change. They, they need a dramatic thing to, to wake them up, to sober them up. Uh, I don't know. People who are addicted to all kinds of stuff. Because spending money and balling out and buying nice clothes, high-end clothes and sneakers and taking trips and stuff like that, it's an addiction. It really is. It's an addiction. And it's kind of hard to kick when you've been doing it for so long and even though you got these numbers of debt and stuff you're still able to put food in your mouth you're still able to stun on the ground you're still able to go out the country once a year you can still do it but you really got to find internally that anger that like i gotta get this stuff going so once you figure that out then you can figure out a method Dave recommends the snowball method. There's two methods of knocking out debt. There's the snowball method, there's the avalanche method. Avalanche is highest interest first, and the snowball method is smallest debts first. Mathematically, the avalanche method is better. You're paying out less interest because you're paying off the higher interest debts first. But Dave preaches about the snowball method, and that's because the snowball method gives you those little small wins, those small victories. You know, you you you. It, it's kind of like building a six pack. Okay, I can see the top. I can see the, the the two pack. I got the two pack. Okay, now I got four. You know, you can see it. You can see the abs coming in. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to this money, you can see the abs coming in every time you pay off one of those debts. So that's what the snowball method is about. It gets you motivated. It gets you hyped to pay off the next one. It gets you going. It's a snowball down the hill, and. On top of that, here's a little bonus. Your credit score increases a little quicker because credit lines open up because you're paying off your debts and you're freeing your uh, your debts pretty quick. Then your, uh, your, your credit scores look a little bit better because now you have open credit lines. Um, so that's an added benefit. Me personally, I don't put a whole lot of salt in the credit lines because I don't, I, other than buying a house, I see no purpose of a credit line, like uh, of credit scores. I really don't. Like it's too hype. Now I got a pretty good credit score. That's well and good. But if I had a bad one, I really still wouldn't give a shit. Cause my next car, I'm gonna buy a used one anyway. You know, so scratch the car. House, okay. Um, I wouldn't buy a house until I'm financially stable, until where I can put a good down payment and all that stuff. But anyway, I'm not getting into the details because that's an argument that I I have had that argument with a couple people. Not necessarily an argument, but a debate about the big deal behind the credit score. And there are two trains of thought. So anyway. The thing about baby step two, and I'm spending some time here because this, for a lot of you, this is going to be the problem area. This is good. Excuse me. This is going to be the area where you're going to do the most digging. You're going to do the most work and you're going to do the most change. And Dave recommends that you treat this like your hair is on fire nonstop. What he calls gazelle intensity. Like when a, when a gazelle sees a lion, gazelle gone. He hauling ass immediately, gone. And that's the way you gotta attack it. You don't wanna do it zebra intense. You don't wanna do it, you know, antelope intense, gazelle. They be gone. Now, granted, I don't know the, the, the animal kingdom. Maybe those other ones run fast too. I don't know. Th that's not the point. Run fast. Now, that's very difficult because you've got a lifestyle that you wanna maintain. You know? You got family in California that you wanna see once a year. You got. I don't know. You want to have this exact uh, extravagant junior prom pictures for your kids. I don't know what's silly thing that you're trying to accomplish that is more important than debt. But you have to find a balance. OK, like, for example, I had to kick my video game habit a little bit because I will easily buy a game as soon as it come out. Sixty bucks gone. 
And you know how games come out, they come out like that. They quit. So on top of that, new consoles, all the stuff, I had to like kind of cool off a little bit. And most importantly, let my friends know that, hey, you know, I can go with you. I might just hang out and chill. I might have just a beer. I might just do this. But you know, you got to put the clamps on yourself a little bit. And on top of that, he, he advocates getting another job, selling stuff, shaving the budget as thin as you can, rice and beans, beans and rice. I'm be honest with you, I ain't really 100% following that. It's just, it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. You know, when you have people in your life, um, you want to maintain those relationships. And it's so hard to be like, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not doing. I'm not going. Um, for some of you out there, it's hard for you to kick like your, your clothes buying habit or um, drinking. Some people buy drinks all the time and they just can't help it. Or you don't want to cook for yourself. You hate cooking, so you go out all the time. You're going to have to find a balance. You got to figure it out. You know, when it comes to me and Akilah, sometimes I'll go with her places. Sometimes I won't. And I'm not afraid to go anywhere with any of y'all and have a glass of water or, or or whatever and just sit there and just enjoy enjoy a good time. Have a good time, you know, because I'm going out there to see y'all. I ain't going out here to, to fucking zip line and, and parachute and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So. And on top of that, that stuff will come very soon. Once you pay off your debt, once you get out of there, that's where you really can ball out. You can take your friends to go zip line and they ain't got to pay. Oh, yeah, I got bread. Let's go. That's the level you're trying to get on. And you can do that whether you're making $40,000, you are making $140,000. You can free up your debt to where you have freedom to do what you want with your money. And that's what it's about. So I know I spent a lot of time on this, but it's a very, very difficult step that requires an internal change and a real paradigm shift. And it requires you to kick all of your bad habits. But I follow it a little bit, not 100%. So anyway, that's baby step two, paying off all of your debt. So let's recap. Step one, $1,000. Step two, pay off debt. Step three, you wanna save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Okay, so Let's imagine, just close your eyes. Close your eyes with me. I'm closing my eyes too. And imagine a world where you don't owe nobody nothing but the electric, your cell phone, your rent. Oh, God. This, that, that's pretty much it. Gas, you know, your basic stuff. Just imagine all that money. Just oh, you, you just go to the bank, take it out in ones, and you just lay it out on the bed. You light some candles, you know, and you just, just, oh, just sleep with the money. Sleep with the money. Sleep all up in it. Just let it tuck you in and, and cuddle you and let let it let the money be a big spoon. You know? Don't be the, don't let the money be a little spoon. No, you want the money to just embrace you. Um, anyway, I got off on a tangent. But <laughs> the point is, imagine a world where you out out of debt. No debt, other than your house. If you have houses, guys, he's not talking about houses. Okay? So your mortgage will still 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 be there. But now you want to build your Murphy fund a lot bigger, a lot greater, because now we're preparing for big Murphy events. Like, let's say you need a new roof. A roof costs at least $10,000, y'all. I'm telling you this. Oh, I got a guy that can do it for eight. Okay, well, it still costs eight. The point is, most people don't have just eight grand on hand. Just like, boom, there you go. And if you do, then this ain't for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, 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 These principles are not for you. But for... The rest of us, like the 95%, you need stuff. Like it might be a big emergency. It could be a medical bill. It could be another baby. Oh my God. But wait, we got 12 grand in the bank. We got enough to get us through the first year at least. Um, you know, whatever. It's about big Murphy. And for a lot of you, uh, let's say your car breaks down, you lost your job, all of that stuff. $1,000 obviously wouldn't have cut that. But that's why in baby step two, you were trying to pay off his debt as fast as you can. So that way you can start building up money to be prepared. Uh, so for a lot of you, this can take a while for pretty much all of us because three to six months worth of expense for most of us. Let's say you're making about 50 to 60, somewhere in that range. Uh, that can be about 10 to 12 grand. And that's, you know, let's imagine you're pulling in $1,500 a month. And I'm talking about you're shaving the budget down. Let's shave it thin. Shave it thin. $2,000 a month um, that you're able to put away. That's still five to six months of saving and still not doing shit. So 
Dave recommends that you can take your foot off the gas a little bit right here, but for the most part, you still want to be putting money away. So hoard your money, put it away, and get ready for the next steps. Um, and the other thing too is at this step, a lot of people fall victim because, oh, now I'm debt free. I got money now, I got cash. It's so easy to fall back into the same trap and you're not doing anything with your money. The point of the baby steps is not to get out of debt. The point of the baby steps is to build wealth and reach financial independence. So you gotta keep that in mind. Y'all. Gotta keep that in mind. We're not trying to just pay off debt. We're trying to build an empire. So do that. Save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Don't touch it. What I would like to do, and I'm just gonna say this, what I would do in that scenario, because I haven't gotten there yet, but I would park that money into some sort of savings account that gives me some sort of interest. Um, Ally Bank is an online bank, and they offer about two percent, about 2.2% APR on your savings. So I would probably park my money there and let it grow. I get a little bit of interest. 2% ain't that much, but you know, if I put 20K in there and I got like a, what, grand or so? I don't know, whatever. Whatever the number is, that's pretty cool. So anyway, 3B, there's a 3B. So baby step 3B is saving for a house if you don't have one. Now, you can kind of mix this up. Your emergency fund, you're saving for your house. So you create like a line item saving for the house. And Dave recommends, a t- now this is lofty for a lot of y'all. I know a lot of y'all out there don't do this. Practically none of you. And that's fine. But Dave recommends 20% down payment on a 15-year mortgage with payments no more than 25% of your monthly take-home pay. Now think about that for a second. Think, just think. Let's say I live here in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, in Hampton Roads. A decent, decent house is gonna cost maybe about 225, 200 if I'm like lowballing it, you know. And 20% of 200, let's say, is, is 40k. Okay, that's 20%. Then you gotta make sure you save about 10 for your closing expenses for emergencies like uh you know if you need a new water heater when you move in any kind of random repairs so let's say 50 right and then on top of that this house your payments need to be under 25 percent of your take-home pay monthly so if you're not making that much money you can't afford the house and for a lot of people it's hard to kind of realize that most of us just do the 30-year um i know a lot of people are getting hyped about va loans and fha loans that's a waste of your money it's a waste of your money Take the time and save, rent just a little bit longer, and make sure you have a nice, healthy down payment. That way, you don't have to pay private mortgage insurance, PMI, um, when you when you sign the deal. PMI is like an added insurance that they have when you're under 20% of the equity of your house. Um, so just save your money and make a good down payment. Plus, that 20% goes straight to the principal. So that saves you tens of thousands of dollars in interest over the course of the loan. On top of that, I, I do like the 15-year mortgage, and I don't want to spend too much time here, y'all, but I, the 15-year mortgage is just a little too, it's too stringent. Like, you are forced to pay more, and on the off chance that something happens, Dave would say that, oh, well, you have a three to six month of expenses, so you can, you can float that, but it's just safer to do a 30, but I would pay extra payments on it, and Dave does not recommend doing this because he thinks that you are not going to be disciplined enough to make the payments. And that's true. That, that can happen. But not me. So I probably would do a 30% um, a 30 year mortgage. But some people do 15. So let me know what you think about that. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it in more detail. I, I'm currently preparing to save for our house. So these are things that I think about all the time. So anyway, baby step four, baby step four. Okay. Invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Your 401k, separate Roth IRAs, and do not include your company match in the 15% total. So 15% of your total, your gross pay, you need to be putting that away. Putting it away. Putting it away. Automatically, I mean, you would probably just set up your account to do it that way. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, 15%, that's a lot of money to be put. Hey, listen, you ain't got no debt, dog. You already got your house, bro. You cruising. Put that damn money away. Because here's the thing about retirement, y'all. And oh, by the way, make sure you get an investment professional to help you once you put that money in your stocks and stuff. Don't be out there thinking you freaking Warren Buffett, dog. Just if you want, if you want to play it safe, just choose some mutual funds. 
um, with a target date of whatever year you're planning on retire and, and keep an eye on it. That's, you know, just do that. Don't get all into the details because you, you'll mess around and, and lose money, right? Thinking that you know something about the stock market when you haven't done the research, you don't know the knowledge. You just are hearing your homeboys put into this. Oh, the marijuana industry is picking up. Shut the hell up. That's the same thing with the Bitcoin, you know? Anyway, I get heated about that. So I, I'm not trying to be aggressive at y'all. I'm just saying people say some stupid ass shit. So anyway, you got to prepare for retirement, y'all. You got to prepare for retirement. We going to get old. This Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram generation that we living in right now, we going to be some old motherfuckers on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. And a lot of us, it's looking like, man, we are spending all this money, you know, just enjoying ourselves. Da, da, da. We're going to be so in our nose in debt when we're older that we can't enjoy that part of life, which is the part of life that we should really, really be enjoying because we don't have to work no more. Oh, God. Listen, man, I found my I, and I'm just going on a small tangent here. I'm keeping it within the podcast, but I think I found my life's purpose. My life goal is to not work at all. <laughs> I mean, I can maybe work a little bit. Like, I, maybe I can do some podcasts on the side or make a beat or something like that. But for the most part, my dream is to just be chilling. Forever chilling. Oh, my God. Can you imagine forever chilling, dog? Can you imagine forever chilling, not worrying about no money? Yeah, I get a little sick, whatever. But still, I'm in the crib. I'm just laid out. You know, I go to my, my pool or whatever. I get in the pool take a lap and get back in the house and just be chilling oh my god I just I salivate at the thought of being able to not have to go work anymore so that's a big goal for me and it should be at least somewhat of a goal for y'all because y'all gonna get old dog you're gonna get old some of y'all are old right now so anyway 30 some of y'all are like in y'all 30s y'all like 32 33 whatever 30 years from now seems like a long way away but you gotta prepare you gotta plan and, um, you know, statistically, you're going to live way longer than you have now. Like when you were 20, you didn't think you was going to make it this far, did you? So anyway, baby step five, you're going to save for your children's college fund. If you have kids, I've seen people push real hard against this one saying that they should have been funding college from the get go, from the jump. But um, you really weren't in a position to be putting anything worth anything in a 529 or, or a, a ESA when you were up to your neck in debt so this is the time where you start funneling some money into your children's college fund and preparing for them to go to college um, if you have older kids you can still help out either way like you know you can put something aside to help pay at least a couple semesters something so get ready prepare for that just do your homework because in some states there's different advantages to a 529 versus an ESA um, but all of them are tax advantageous. So don't just try to save for a college fund in a separate savings account. Open up one of those account, those uh, education accounts because there are benefits for those. Uh, step six is talking about paying off your home early. So we have done everything. We're putting 15% of our retirement. We are saving for our kids' college fund, and we got that going. Now it's time to get rid of this house note. Time to get rid of the mortgage, you know? And I think that's just, ugh, that would free it up so much. If you really think about it, imagine, right, I'm 30, I'm, how old am I? I'm 31. So at 31, I'll be 32 in a couple months. I get a 15-year mortgage. I pay that sucker off in 15. Now I'm like 50, whatever, 50, wait, I don't know, man, 50, okay? I'm going to just say 50. I'm going to round it up. 47, 40. I don't have time to think about math right now. But anyway. I get to that age and I ain't got no house. I ain't got no no house mortgage. I just pay taxes on my house, a couple hundred dollars a month. And I just got bread. And I'm still 50 looking grand zaddy-ish. You know what I'm saying? That is, <laughs> that idea to me just makes me just, I'm like, yes, that is where you want to be. That is a goal that you should have. Not no going to freaking I don't know, some island or whatever, but being able, once you get there, you're like, oh, I can go to that island and I can stay there for like a month. Like, I can really do some ball in that shit, you know what I'm saying? So, 
Step six, pay off the house early. A lot of people would argue to invest that money or save that money instead of funneling all the money to the houses just to make sure, just have it on a 30 year plan and then just use that money and put it in more investments or um, maybe go into business or something like that. And that's an option. That's, that's something, if that's something you wanna do, go for it. But the plan, Dave Ramsey's plan, is to pay off the house as soon as possible because it's the easiest return on investment. It's not the most lucrative, but it is the easiest. You're paying yourself. So once you do that, then baby step seven is to build wealth and to give generously. So from there, now you're building a legacy. You are set. For yourself, you're covered. You don't got to think about your life no more. You can if you want to, you can be selfish, but now it's about focusing on your friends, your family, your children, your children's children, all of that. Maybe creating a trust fund if you hadn't already done that already. Um, maybe helping your kids start a business if they're like older, you know, like if they're in their 20s, you can maybe start funneling money to them to help them out, giving a few dollars to your mama, whatever, whatever it is. You, that's basically millionaire life. That's what these rappers and stuff they preach about. You know, I bought my mama a house, da 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 da. Step seven is about being able to do that on a lighter scale, because obviously it'll be very difficult to just buy your mama a house. But just to be able to give back to your church, back to your community, to wherever. And that is a, a really good feeling. Um, I, I personally don't give as much as I should, but I can imagine that that feeling is just amazing to be completely selfless when it comes to money, which is one of the most important things on this planet. So... Listeners, those are the five. Why do I keep saying five? It's seven baby steps. That's Dave Ramsey. That's that's what he preaches every day. And my thing is, he's a little too extreme for my taste. He's like super extreme. Like cut up the credit cards, uh, sell everything but the kids, um, uh, deliver pizzas. Like who the fuck? I already got a job. You know what I'm saying? But I I, I get it. I get what he's saying. Grab yourself up by the bootstraps and work. Um, I don't want to get political, but that's a Republican idea, is that we don't look to the government or anybody else for handouts, that we get out there and we get, get moving. We make our money work for us. We make every single dollar have a purpose. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying I'm Republican or Democrat. I'm, I don't know what I am, especially with all this foolishness. Anyway, that's what it's all about. Dave Ramsey's program is a little too extreme. That seems a little OD, but here's the thing. The program is motivating. It's clear. It's somewhat simple in theory. I mean, it's, it, seem, it sounds like common sense, really, but it works. And I think that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for a light at the end of the tunnel. We look at our kids, and we look in their faces, and we're like, man, I want to give you so much, but I, I just can't. I can't. And there's a certain lifestyle that I have to live, and this is just what I have to do. And... It's up to you to really, really make that change and find a plan, whether it's this one or another one, find one that works. I like to compare budgeting and financial management to health management, to dieting and, you know, your body. You know, it's the, all the principles are the same. Treat like crappy food as spending money. Those are pretty much one and the same. We can't help but cram terrible food inside of us because it tastes good it tastes so good we get that temporary pleasure we get that temporary pleasure but we're setting up ourselves up for long-term pain and we need to be thinking the opposite way the opposite way you go to the gym and you work it out for a month uh, i mean not a month a year year and a half you and you really put your nose to the grindstone you come out of there looking like a million bucks it's the same thing with money you know, you start budgeting, you put money to the side, you cut out all of that bad, those bad habits that you had before. And at the end of that year and a half or whatever time frame it is, you come out looking like a million dollars. And literally, you come out looking like a million if you follow the step to a T. Because, I mean, the way that it's set up is you are guaranteed to be a millionaire when you retire. He makes it seem so easy. <laughs> but I know for a lot of you, you're like, this is not real. This, this ain't for me. This, I can't do this. There's a way of living that I got. You know, here's my point. Here's my point when it comes to that. This Dave Ramsey's plan, the seven baby steps, are a blueprint. 
some direction, some guidance, some motivation, some encouragement, but a blueprint for what to do with your money. Now, how you engineer that blueprint is up to you. You can draw circles and a Venn diagram and, you know, connect the dots here and, you know, do a work rework and blah, blah. You can kind of mess it, mess with it a little bit. I think it's a little flexible for your room, but having that core knowledge and that core skeleton, that core template will get you, it will get you to financial independence. So, what have we learned? Debt is dumb, cash is king. And the paid off mortgage is the, what is he saying? The, the, the BMW gold standard of so he's got a little catchphrase anyway I encourage y'all to check out Dave Ramsey's podcast it's really interesting I mean it gets old after a while because it's pretty much the same thing a bunch of people calling in having problems with money and he just tells them to stop spending money it, it kind of gets old but you know he, he goes in more detail on these steps that I outlined here and listen if you want to talk about it talk to me about it let's take it to social media and let's talk about it because if nothing else I love black issues I love video games I love music I love sports I love all kind of stuff but damn your boy I love talking about some money I love talking about some money and how to get it right and man at 31 if I was 21 going back in time I would tell myself all this stuff I'll be so far ahead right now it'd be crazy but uh yeah hit me up on social media if you want to talk more about Dave's baby steps or if you want to talk about anything else last episode was code switching y'all it was a very dope episode with me and Verlaine uh so I'm at color language on Twitter, color language on Twitter, at the colorful language on Instagram, and you can also find me on Facebook on my uh, on my Facebook page. So, with that being said, thank you for listening. This has been a long talk, y'all. I don't know if you were able to get through 50 minutes of my sweet and sexy voice over the air, but here it is. So, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. This is. Colorful language. I'ma do my dance. I'ma dance on the oh, do my chance on the oh, do your chance, do your dance. It's the space jam. All right, hey, 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 do your dance. Colorful language. Hey everybody, if you like this episode of Colorful Language, subscribe to the channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to share your thoughts on the show, contact Friday Beats at The Colorful Language on Instagram, at Color Language on Twitter, and through the Colorful Language Facebook page. Thanks for listening. You're natural. I need to get paid.